From the Hub for Youth and Family Ministry, this is Hub Talk, a ministry podcast that is based on conversations with those in children's, youth, and family ministry. In this podcast, we will be tapping into the wisdom and experience of those who have a track record of faithful ministry. It is our sincere hope to edify, encourage, and equip you in your endeavor to be faithful in one of the most important areas of ministry in the church, ministries to families, all for the glory of God. Hey, welcome back to Hub Talk. This is your host, Jeremy Griswold and Kevin Hall, and we're excited to be back for this uh, fifth episode fifth episode. It's uh, amazing that we've made it thus far. Amen. amen. Uh, but uh, we're we're excited to be back with you. And uh, we've heard from a few of you and we're really excited to uh, just hear some feedback and how uh, you've been encouraged. And we would love to uh, have you connect with us through Twitter or Facebook or even just checking out the site and uh, shooting us an email. We'd love to hear from you and how you're encouraged. We'll give you all that info at the end of the show. We're excited to have Nick Allen on the show today. And Kevin, would you tell us a little bit about who Nick is? Yeah, Nick was actually one of our speakers at Kids Camp. Uh, We've heard uh, a little bit from two of our speakers from Youth Camp or Student Camp. And so Nick was one of the guys that actually was at both of our properties where we hold camps and just did a great job. It was actually a joy to sit down with Nick. Uh, Nick is the lead pastor of discipleship at Rolling Hills Community Church in Franklin, Tennessee. Uh, He's originally from North Carolina. He has a master's in Christian education from Dallas Baptist University, and uh, he has a background in kids, youth, family ministry, but his heart is truly for the family, and that's kind of where he's at as the lead pastor of discipleship there at Rolling Hills. And so he'll get into that a little bit, uh, unpack that, but also unpack his heart for the truth and how that affects the family, uh, both kids, youth, uh, and just the whole kit and caboodle there. So I'm looking forward to uh, hopefully being encouraged once again by Nick. Hey, this is Kevin Hall, and I'm at Jonathan Creek uh, in uh, Kentucky, and I'm talking to Nick Allen. Nick has been our speaker for Kids Camp, not only here, but last week he was at Cedarmore, and so we're just going to talk about uh, kids ministry and just uh, also his connection to discipleship ministry. Uh, Nick, thanks for being with us, and thanks for speaking. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me, yeah. Uh, one thing I've asked as we've been talking to speakers is just one thing that's stood out, encouragement, as you've been able to speak to kids and to the leaders that are coming with them these last couple of weeks. Gosh, there's a lot of things I think that have been really encouraging. One thing that's just consistent all across the board through both Crossings Camp locations and then even through multiple years. This is my third summer hmm. um, coming and speaking at kids' camps. Um, and I just see such a consistent gospel thread through everything, not just the worship times and the Bible study material that's written for us to use, but but in the track times and the lake time and all of the different activities, there's just such a consistent emphasis on making this a Christ-centered week for kids. And so I love that, you know, coming in and seeing just hmm. how it all weaves together. I know that's a drive for us. Obviously, it's what we do. Yeah. It's what we're called to do. And yet all too often, I think we can often miss the main thing we're called to do. So that's encouraging. Oh, yeah, because camp is supposed to be fun. Oh, you yeah. want it to be all kinds of great activities. Mm-hmm. You want kids to have memorable experiences. Um, but when you've got kids walking up to you and telling you that their favorite time of night is worship or Bible study, wow. and that they, oh. they love the things that they're learning, that, that, uh, that goes a long way to say that this, it's working, mm-hmm. that the emphasis here on Transform Lives is working. Very good. 
what is it like to talk to 800 plus students? I think that's what you have here this week. Is that, or your kids? Is that a crazy? Uh, it is a lot. It's a lot different. I think um, my background is in student ministry. So I was a youth pastor for about 11 years. Um, and then I did make a transition to be the, the children's pastor at our church um, for the purpose of launching a family ministry strategy that would connect with parents from birth all the way to high school graduation and beyond. And so I had to learn kind of quickly um, how to address an audience of kids and how to weave in those multiple attention steps along the way. So I think um, kind of one of the classic things I learned in public speaking in college, just, just studying communication in general, is that you kind of launch any talk with um, some attention steps, some way to like hook in attention, and then you get to the bulk of your message. Um, and with student ministry, that works, and then you can kind of come back at the end and, and pick up where you began. But for kids, you need multiple attention steps along the way. Um, and so it's just, it's fun to kind of weave those things together and be right in the middle of what Scripture's saying, and then pull back in, and then go right back into what Scripture says, and then pull back in. So it's a, it's a task and an art, and hopefully there's been some improvements along the way. Um, and at the end of it all, you just trust that the Holy Spirit's making things clear, um, that somehow He's speaking truths on whatever level they're at, um, in spite of the fact that we as speakers may miss it from time to time. So. Yeah. Uh, I haven't been able to hear you at all, but I'm hoping maybe to <laughs> hang around tonight. But just as you've gone through, I know you're going through road trip in the morning with the Bible study with Peter. Uh, in the evenings, though, is there anything that kind of grabbed your heart on just even the stuff you've been speaking about? That Yeah, I love, I think... You know, for me, I think it makes sense for kids to kind of go away with one theme and one consistent message. And so we've really been piggybacking the life of Peter in the evening worship services, too. Um, so like day one was all about Peter being called as Jesus's disciple. Um, and what does that look like? You know, he was told, hey, follow me and I will make you a fisher of men. Um, and so with kids, we kind of joked, you know, does Peter still need his net? Is he going to be trapping people inside of a boat? Um, no, of course, it looked differently. And so at night, because we had studied Peter being called as a disciple in the morning, we went to the Acts 2 church in the evening um, when he preached that first sermon um, and when 3,000 people trusted Jesus. And so we were able to go right back to you know Luke chapter 5 and say, hey, remember that moment when Jesus said, cast out your nets? And they did it and they pulled in a, such a load of fish that both boats started sinking. This is that moment. You know, Peter's now launched the church and 3,000 people trusted Christ the boat is sinking and the church is launching because he can't imagine how many people they just caught with the gospel. Um, and so I think the most fun for me is to try to make sure that we hit on the Bible study content from the daytime in the context of the message, almost like we're tying a bow on what happened. Tonight is a lot of fun because this morning we did Peter walking on water um, and how scary that was and how so many times in our life we do something that could go great, uh, like walking on water, that's awesome or something that could just totally tank and bomb, like sinking and needing to be rescued. Um, and so we went into that moment in Jesus's and Peter's uh, relational ministry where Jesus says, you guys are going to do even greater things than me. Because um, I think we as disciples often think, yeah, that's not really possible. How am I supposed to do greater things than what Jesus did? Um, and so we went right back to that Acts 2 church where um, Peter was able to heal this guy. Um, and so it's like, not only heal this guy, but on the outset of that, be arrested and then see 2,000 more people trust Jesus. So it's like, whoa, we healed this guy that's like walking on water, but then we were arrested. Oh no, we're sinking. And then all of a sudden Christ comes back and uses even that opportunity to draw more people to himself. So just tying those moments together from when Peter was hanging out with Jesus 
to when Peter was on his own in ministry serving Jesus. It's been a lot of fun. Hopefully kids are making connections. Two things that I just stand out. One is just the idea of repetition, which I know I need. I need just oh, to hear absolutely. the same truth again and again and again uh, because I forget. Or I know it, but I need to be reminded. But to, just to see those connections too, it sounds like that's a big thing that you're trying to incorporate from morning to evening. A lot of times what we do in kids' ministry is isolated Bible stories. Um, and at least all the curriculum and, you know, um, sets of ministry that I've seen through kids ministry through the years. A lot of times for kids, it ends up being just one isolated Bible story after another. There are some great curriculums available now that try to weave the gospel through every story. Um, But even then it can still become, oh, this is the Noah's Ark story or, oh, this is the uh, Peter walking on water story. And so really trying to help kids see how the Bible is one big book um, and not just a bunch of little tiny stories that help us understand truths from God's word. But ultimately it's one big story Um, And even connecting the dots between little moments in Peter's life along the way, I think is probably important for kids this week. So you can teach kids biblical theology is what I'm hearing. Oh yeah, we did Hebrew words last night. Wow, very cool. It's kind of fun hearing all those Kentucky, Tennessee kids shouting out Hebrew words. It was fun. Very cool. Very good. Uh, and that's the other thing encouraged is just the truth doesn't change. Obviously, sometimes the way how you deliver it, but the consistency of the depth of truth can still be conveyed. Just as it's how you're, you're coming at it. Oh, I think so, for yeah. sure. Um, yeah, I think the world is really working on growing our kids up a little faster than we would like. Mm. Um, and, and in a lot of ways, we, we can't just continue with um, elementary school kids and even preteen kids, um, giving them the same versions of preschool Bible stories because um, the, world's, the world's growing them up fast and we're not going to halt that. And yeah. so we have to probably get on board with um, just the ways that they're changing and really start to give them in-depth truths that they can use uh, in everyday life. You mentioned youth ministry was your background, but family ministry and just even that concept, I know you're a discipleship pastor now, but just of kind of bringing the family together all on the same page, you mentioned just that idea uh, and word of encouragement for those within kids ministry, which is really family ministry. Youth ministry is really family ministry. Uh, as you are reaching parents and, and hopefully coming alongside them in what they're doing, and they don't know the gospel, hopefully reaching them with the gospel through their kids. But uh, any good word on just what you experienced as a, as a family pastor? Oh, yeah. Um, I think, you know, in all years of ministry, you, you start to look back at even the most consistent time that you have with kids and students. I mean, even if they're super regular, that old joke of, you know, a kid that was there every time the church doors were open. Um, well, every time the church doors are open, it's uh, no more than 50 hours a year, you know, when you think about it, because they're going to go on family vacation and they're probably going to get strep throat and miss, you know, for some reason or another. And so even the most consistent kids, you know, we may have 50 Sundays. Um, and if you add 50 Wednesdays to that, that's like a hundred uh, hours a year of ministry programming. Um, whereas their parents get way more than 3,000. Um, and so that's a big principle. Yeah. Um, and so I think the smartest thing that we can do in ministry is not just um, program and disciple in these these hours that we have with kids every week, but really try to leverage the family um, to be the place where discipleship really happens. And so I just started to learn that if I wanted to really have a big impact on kids and students, um, then I really had to reach parents. Um, there's kind of a whole component of men's ministry in that to say that if, if we really want to change the direction of a family, um, we as church leaders have to, to reach the heart of men um, and the hearts of dads. And so that's um, part of my passion for discipleship now is just really kind of 
um, addressing families and letting parents know you're the primary disciple makers of your children. God's called and equipped you for this moment. Um, and we as a church want to come alongside you um, to support your role as um, a disciple maker in your own home. And so that's been part of our strategy through the years. And to really align what we do as preschool children and student ministry to say, these aren't just, you know, compartmental ministries along the way, but they're really the development of a whole. Because mm-hmm. um, what we want to send is a, is a high school kid off to college one day or off to the workforce one day um, to find a local church to plug in and to be the best volunteer, the best servant, the best disciple maker in that church context because they we're fortunate enough to grow up in our church context. I think that's, you know, sending those missionaries out is kind of our goal. Um, and we know that it takes a whole family to do that. And so we want to be a part of that in every family's life along the way. Yeah, there's a lot of talk about how we do compartmentalize church. And so in the process, we kind of miss each other because we're in our own little corner. And so it's always encouraging to hear. We kind of say that whoever's leading out in preschool ministry and getting kids ready for kindergarten um, and whoever's leading out in kids ministry, kind of receiving them during those elementary school years, they need to somehow work it out to be best friends. Hmm. Um, Because those gap years are are really where you start to see fallout, I think, in the life of churches. Um, It it gets even greater between elementary and middle school. Hmm. Um, Just that that gap year of ministry to where you start to lose a fifth grader and you don't gain a sixth grader um, from like middle school to high school is another point where a lot of families and statistically a lot of kids kind of drop out. And so um, we want those ministries to be a really good bridge from one to the other. And so um, having our middle school, high school pastor at our church um, be the best advocate for and the best um, ministry partner with our kids minister has, has really, I think, worked well along the way. Which only makes sense. And then you have high school to college, and oh, yeah. we all hear the statistics on that, which Absolutely. I don't know if it's that high, but it's still a lot. I think they're improving. Yeah. Um, I, at least I think they are. When I first started in ministry, it was about... Uh, Gosh, I'm going to age myself. About 17 years ago, I became a youth pastor. Um, and I remember the first time, and I was young, I remember the first time somebody said these really scary statistics of like 80% of the kids that are super active in your high school ministry are going to step out to college and walk away from their faith and their church. Um, and just overwhelmed by that. Um, and statistics that I'm hearing now are, are much lower between like 50 and 70%, but that's still over half. Um, it's kind of, we want to rally and say, not on our watch. That's when... It all has to change where we want to raise kids to know and follow Christ forever, not just when they're kids and they're with us. Mm -hmm. And hopefully be a part of the church and not just a group that meets on a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning. Yeah. One of the, um, I had nothing to do with it. I mean, I was kind of a bystander of just cheering our team on, but um, the high school pastor um, at our church made a transition several years ago. Um, we're, We're a small group church, and so there's no space for Um, adult discipleship on Sunday mornings just in our facility, Um, which is great. That means we're out in the community multiple nights a week with small groups in homes, and it's a great environment for adult discipleship, and it works well. Um, But that means on Sunday mornings with multiple services, um, we've got this worship one, serve one concept where we ask adults to worship one hour and serve one hour. Um, And we ask them to do it consistently, not on a rotation. Um, Because me as a dad, when my third grader walks in on Sunday mornings, I don't want her seeing this rotation of adults where every four to five weeks, it's high-fiving another grown-up in her life. Like, I want somebody consistent that's there for her every week, um, enforcing the truths that we teach at home and partnering with us Mm -hmm. to raise her up to know Jesus. And so, um, we kind of advocate consistency along the way. And uh, the other part of that was, and the best thing I think that happened in the life of our church was when our high school ministry 
Um, they continue to do middle school small groups on Sunday morning, so that middle school discipleship hour, and then they go to what I still call big church. Um, but high school students, we moved them out of small groups on Sunday mornings. Um, they now have their small groups on a night during the week like adults because on Sunday mornings we ask high school students to worship on Surf One. Um, and to me, that's just hands down one of the best discipleship things that happened for us because they're growing while serving um, and they're modeling other adults that they're partnered with. So that third grade daughter that I talked about, um, she's had the same small group leaders from kindergarten all the way through third grade. Um, This adult that she loves, but also Claire. And Claire started with her as a high school freshman. um, And that little third grade class just had a party for her this year because Claire's going off to college. Um, now she's sad and, and we all are because we think Claire's great. And I would love for her to just to be there to be my girl's small group leader forever. But um, for four years, this high school kid has been investing in elementary school kids. Um, but along the way, she's been invested in. Um, so my hunch is that when she gets off to school in August, um, just a few weeks, um, she's going to find a local church and a ministry and she's going to plug in. And some kids pastor somewhere is going to be, whoa, where did this girl come from? Um, and we're going to celebrate that. Uh, as you find yourself as a discipleship pastor um, now, uh, biggest challenge and biggest encouragement with what you're doing, what would you say? You've given me a little bit of that, just yeah. in some instances. I think the biggest challenge um, for discipleship is probably maybe just a ministry challenge in general. It's um, the idea of expectations, um, is that people kind of come into um, what discipleship is with lots of different um baggage and definitions and ideas of what should be happening in their lives um, when they follow Jesus. And so, and and really what the church should provide, like, um, is the church feeding me? Do I feel like it's deep enough for me? Do I feel like um, I'm receiving what I need to receive? And ultimately we know that that's just, um, that's a faulty view of discipleship in general. So a lot of the big challenge of what we're doing is unpacking people's ideas that discipleship is something that the pastor, the church leader does for me. Um, as opposed to this is something that Christ does in me and that I participate in myself, um, that I'm taking next steps to grow as a believer. Um, And so that's probably the biggest challenge, just continuing to champion um, the definition of what discipleship is um, and what it means to grow as a believer. Um, The biggest blessing is just seeing um, adults get it and then it trickled down into the whole family. Um, When a dad is participating in a men's Bible study um, and having another group of men huddle around him and we're praying for their son. And this is just um, this moment when I'm like, okay, these are the sweet moments in ministry that I just can't have enough of. Um, When you just see a a mom or a dad get it, um, those are big blessings. The other part of it is just seeing new adults start to step up and really take ministry um, to where we become the facilitators or the administers of ministry and and our people are the ones that are doing the work to grow the body. Um, I think that becomes a real blessing along the way. Bonus question. I didn't, t- I didn't warn you about this, okay. but uh, as you minister to your own family, as you disciple your own family, I'm a new father, so I'm always looking for Congratulations, tips. And, yeah. uh, I've asked uh, each one of our speakers so far, what do, you, what do you do with your family? What does family discipleship look like? Is, and it's, it's been interesting just to hear very simplistic answers, but very helpful. So I don't know what you've got and what you guys do, but uh, anything that you could give to me. Gosh, I'll, I'll go super specific and just kind of say one component. I mean, obviously there's um, family prayer time and family Bible reading. Um, my kids are homeschooled, and so that makes a little bit of a difference because my wife is amazing, and she's got them in the Word every day, and it's it's a blessing of having them home that we're able to do. And so 
I know that if that's not the case for every family, they just work around schedule and really have to be intentional about Bible time. Um, But one of the things that we did early on that was just kind of this happy accident that I think has made a difference in our family is that we took our kids when they were really young on mission trips. Um, And so our church um, has lots of different ongoing mission opportunities throughout the year, um, whether they're in the States or even international. Um, We haven't gotten our girls who are currently 10 and 9, our little boy's 4, on an international mission field yet, but we will soon, and that's kind of the goal and the prayer. Um, But even as two- and three-year-old girls before our son came, uh, we were in New Orleans um, serving in local churches or in kind of the Appalachia region of eastern Kentucky serving in these communities. Um, And so we were the family with a diaper bag on mission trips, you know, and uh, we wanted missions to be a part of their DNA. We didn't want it to be something that they got to later in life, like, you know, calculus, you know, that you get to once you get to a certain level in your growth, you know, you, you, you graduate to this level of something. We wanted missions to just be a part of their DNA. Um, so when our church does a Saturday serve project out in the community, we had our two, three, four-year-old girls out there doing whatever it is they could do so that missions was a part of just their DNA. We wanted them to go off on youth mission trips one day, like with the youth group, um, and be able to say, I don't really remember my first mission trip or my first mission project. We've always been doing it. Um, and so we just kind of said, we want that part of serving just to be a part of who they are, um, not necessarily what they become. And so for us, that's just been kind of a family thing along the way. And so we encourage everybody at our church, get your kids involved. If it's a service project, have your kids serve with you. Um, is it more complicated? Yes. Um, but is it worth it? Absolutely. Well, good word. Thanks for your time. Thanks for your continued ministry Thank you. uh, to us uh, here at Crossings. And uh, yeah, good word. Thank you very much. One of the things that we want to talk about is this idea of biblical theology and how it hits uh, the family and discipleship. So, Kevin, I'll kick it over to you to just talk about what is biblical theology? How does uh, that affect discipleship or youth and family ministry? Uh, another great question. It's something actually we heard from John Nix, who was talking about youth and, and biblical theology. And uh, anytime you use the word theology, I think it's a little intimidating yeah. because it's a big word. You yeah. know, it's a study of God. And a lot of times we, we want to leave that for the theologians. But in reality, we're all theologians. And uh, we want to look and pull and understand who God is systematically, as the word tells us. But we also want to know the broad kind of spectrum of the story of Scripture. And that's often what we mean by biblical theology. And when I think of kids, especially, it's not only for youth, it's for kids, it's for family, it's for anyone. But when I think of biblical theology for kids, they should understand the whole scope of salvation from Genesis all the way through Revelation. And that's a biblical theology. If they have that rubric and thinking in their minds, uh, they know the story. They know the best story that they're a part of because Revelation hasn't happened yet uh, for us. So we're looking forward to Christ coming back again. And so they can see how they're inserted into that biblical theology themselves. Christ being the center of all that's happening. As the Old Testament look forward to Christ's coming, we look back uh, to his first coming and his crucifixion, resurrection. We look back and trust in, in what he did there for us. And so to give that as the center of what they should understand about the Bible, but that overarching narrative, uh, what kid is not interested in a story? I'm interested in a story. And if it's a true story based upon the creator of the universe becoming man, 
and redeeming a humankind for himself, that's, that's quite a story. And I think often we miss it. Uh, one of the things I appreciated about Nick was this is what he's talking about. He, he mentioned this, to help kids see the Bible as one big book. Huh. And that's really what a biblical theology is. Uh, and really imparting that to them. And as they do, they're going to understand the God that we then serve and the God that we're pointing to if they understand the story. It, it makes sense, even though there's parts that it's hard to understand at times because we're dealing with an infinite God. And yet, if you can give them a big God with a big story, that's, that's our job. And then let God work through his truth uh, in little hearts as well as medium hearts and then <laughs> big hearts as adults. So, yeah. Amen. Well... He also hit on this idea of uh, just a strategy for family ministry. You know, he didn't necessarily lay one out for us, but he was able to talk in bits and pieces. Would you help uh, help us think through this idea of just a strategy for for family ministry and how how to start that, how to start thinking in that direction? Yeah, and his heart obviously is for the family. Uh, he is a discipleship pastor at his church. Obviously, he has a background in kids and youth ministry. But uh, one of the things I appreciated, not only is he incredibly engaging, as, as we heard, yes. but uh, he also, he wants, he knows that the primary responsibility of the pastor, the family pastor, the discipleship pastor, the youth pastor, the kids uh, pastor, director, is to, to reach out to the family and to really come alongside them. Uh, there are going to be those students, those kids that, that don't, that come from an unbelieving home. And obviously you have to reach out with the gospel and hopefully through that opening, through a student They'll take that gospel home and we'll see tran transformation happen through the truth that's working in their lives. But a lot of times in church, we have families that, that are Christians. And so we want to come alongside them and help them out and be partners with them in the discipleship, knowing that that discipleship is not our primary responsibility. It's the responsibility of the family. And I know there's a lot of talk about should a church be integrated in the sense of just all together all the time. And I love that idea, but there is also aspects to where as we break things down, students go to student ministry, kids go to kids ministry. You have maybe different uh, Sunday schools or small groups with adults. Uh, those things, those times are important. Uh, we learn something those truths, hopefully, that they're hearing at home are reiterated then, again, with their fellow students from a different person, from a different adult, but maybe even from a fellow student as well. And so those things are just ingrained, ingrained. I don't know how many times a parent has come to me and said, Kevin, uh, my, my son just came home and he said, I just heard the most amazing thing from <laughs> Pastor Kevin. Yes. And, uh, and the parent goes, I've been telling them that yes, for exactly. years and years, but they heard it from me because I'm not their parent. And yet it just hopefully, again, reiterates what they're already getting. So yes. we're partnering, we're coming alongside, and that should always be the heart. We don't want to usurp the family. And yet the church should be really a place where that family can grow, be challenged, and we can come alongside the family. And that's, it's so interesting because uh, as, as Nick pointed out, there's only about a hundred hours a year, uh, if you're talking a Sunday morning and a Wednesday night or some sort of Bible study where you, you have these students, uh, that's only a hundred hours or so a year that we really have uh, have the students and maybe have their captive uh, attention. And so it has to be a, a partnership with the family uh, and the local church as they're coming alongside uh, one another uh, to encourage, equip uh, these students that are that are uh, in each and every one of our lives. 
Yeah, to quote what Nick mentioned, he said, to leverage the family where discipleship happens. That's where it should be happening. It happens at church. It should be. Discipleship, I think, is also one of those terms that is intimidating. We all know we should do it, but you think, well, how? Discipleship is just a relationship. The word means follower. In the Greek, what we find in the New Testament, it's a follower of Christ. But as I follow Christ, I need to be taking someone alongside with me to follow and to encourage, to equip, to edify. What we're trying to do here, but obviously over a podcast, should be done even more so uh, you know, in the flesh and blood relationships that people have in the local church. Well, like we do each week, we want to give you some resources to be able to use in thinking about biblical theology and discipleship. And so, Kevin, you have a couple of resources for us this week. Yeah, I think the word couple, Jeremy, <laughs> is probably even stretching it yes. just a little bit. Yeah. Because in thinking about it, the, the things we've talked about and the things that uh, Nick was referring to talk about biblical theology, the importance of having just an overall understanding of God's word and giving that to the next generation. But also, discipleship's a part of that. So uh, just in thinking about uh, biblical theology, that's can be, uh, even though it's a simple idea, uh, there's a lot there. And so uh, Jim Hamilton has written a book, What is Biblical Theology? A Guide to the Bible Story, Symbolism, and Patterns. Uh, it is for adults for the most uh, part, but uh, if you're interested just in knowing a little bit more, that would be a good place to start. And just yeah, it's understanding. a great small resource that yeah. you can just read by And just get it and then get an understanding. But if you're dealing with kids or uh, or students, there's a book that just came out that caught my attention from Crossway. And this book is Exploring the Bible by David Murray. And uh, it's really, it's a simple, it's gospel-centered, it's 365-day Bible reading uh, for kids 6 through 12, but it really helps to see the big picture. And I know I have a one-year-old now, and I'm thinking through what can I be doing to constantly putting the Word of God in front of him? And this is one of those things that just stood out uh, just last week as I was looking and getting emails about certain different, uh, different things coming out. Uh, as we're talking about discipleship, uh, there are so many resources on discipleship, but just in thinking through what might be a good place to start, uh, David Platt, who's obviously connected with us with just the IMB and the missions board there, uh, he has a book called Follow Me, which is really about following Christ. That's where discipleship begins. A disciple is a follower. But if we even follow up and uh, think about, okay, what is discipleship? How does that work out as I reach out to others? Uh, Mark Dever has written a book, Discipling, How to Help Others Follow Jesus. Again, just a simple, quick tutorial for those in the church. Uh, and uh, I love those, those kind of push. Uh, and just a helpful understanding, maybe things we've heard before, but it just reestablishes the importance of these things. That's great. And what we'll do is we'll put uh, all those resources with links into the show notes, and you can find those show notes at youthandfamilyhub.org. And that's where you can go to get connected with us, uh, send us an email, uh, follow us online. You'll you'll see all of our info on youthandfamilyhub.org. And uh, we'd love for you as well to rate and review the show on iTunes. It's helpful uh, to get into the ears of other people. Uh, if you could rate and review the show for us, that would be uh, super helpful for for us moving forward. So we're excited that you've uh, listened today and uh, we're thankful to have Nick on the program and uh, looking forward to another week with you next week. The Hub for Youth and Family Ministries is an arm of Crossings Ministries, which exists to proclaim the gospel and to see God transform lives, grow leaders, and partner with the church to the glory of Christ. For more resources, visit us at youthandfamilyhub.org 
and follow us on social media at Youth Family Hub. Hub Talk is hosted and produced by Kevin Hall and Jeremy Griswold. Web support by Randall Breland. On behalf of the Hub crew, I'm Dave Hoffman, wishing you the best as you endeavor to be faithful in the ministry that God has given you. Thank you.